How is everybody on this great Memorial Day weekend? Amen? <clears throat> um, today, Memorial Day represents... Um, this isn't Veterans Day. This isn't some other military day. This is a day when we remember those who have fought for this country um, in more ways than any of us put, even all of us in this room put together have any idea the, the depth of the sacrifice that has been laid for this nation. There's a lot of people that take this nation for granted. There's a lot of people um, that don't like our military in this nation. And you, you, on social media, you see a lot of people complaining about a lot of things. And, you know, um, I was just out of the country uh, a few weeks back and, I, and, and as I was flying back to this great nation, when I flew into to, uh, New York, into JFK, I, I, I wanted to kiss the first person I saw, and I wanted to kiss the ground and, and all those kind of things. And uh, I think we need to fly some people with some attitude to some other countries and let them stay there for a while. Amen? <clears throat> and realize, and you know what? I, I'm not saying that with an attitude, Okay. I mean, if somebody's got a gripe, and you know, this is a free country, you can have a gripe. But I, I would encourage you today, from today on until next Memorial Day, to spend some time investigating all of the wars that we have been in. I mean, most people know, you know, the, the big wars. But there's over 70 wars that, that this nation has been in since the Revolutionary War. Seventy wars that we've been in. I'm talking about wars with Indians, wars with Mexico, wars, you know, I mean, with, with the Spanish, with the British over and over again. The War of 1812 was another conflict with the British that almost took our capital out, our nation out, but didn't. Um, then, you know, the, the major wars like World War I and II, uh, the Korean War, Vietnam War, uh, the the uh, Middle East battles that we've had in the last few years, there are millions of people that have passed in all of these wars through the years with an intention of fighting for freedom. Where'd they get that? Where'd they get that from? They got that from one man's decision in a garden to fight for the freedom of mankind. That's where, all of, that's where this nation has it. What, what, what are we fighting for? Freedom. The ultimate freedom was through the blood of Jesus Christ. The decision that he made at Calvary is what all other wars and things represent started with the war against the flesh. Jesus came into the Garden of Gethsemane with a will that was not the Father's. And he, had, he came into that garden and had to make a true decision to lay his life down for all of mankind. I don't know how one man at one day, one point, can lay his life down for everybody else. But the Bible says he did. It was the love of the Father for the good of humanity that God had created in the Garden of Eden in the beginning of the time that we know of. And that man, that creation, gave the authority that God had given them away. 
And for 4,000 years, the heart of the Father was to redeem mankind back to Himself. In other words, to win and establish the liberty that he, that he had given to mankind, that mankind gave away, to see that happen again. And so, I'm telling you today that it would be very beneficial in your life to spend some time studying and researching all of the wars and all of the people that laid their life down for that. And I encourage you today and this weekend... Remember, this isn't, this isn't, we have Veterans Day, we, we have military days where we honor those in military, and we're grateful and thankful for that. But this is in remembrance of those that laid their life down, amen? The same way that we're grateful and thankful for what the Lord Jesus did for us ultimately, we're thankful and grateful for what people, many of them, that didn't want to fight, that didn't want to go to war, but made the choice to do it anyway, and, and to see our nation continue to be free and liberated even to this day. There's a fight against liberty anywhere you go. Anywhere there's liberty, the enemy is going to stir up trouble and try to get people to not embrace and receive and understand what real liberty is about. There's a deep price that was paid for the liberty of this nation. Can you say amen? And we're grateful. Let's just, let's just thank God now. Just close your eyes for a moment and let's just thank God. And, and you just take a moment to say something just under your own breath in relation to people that you know that have lost loved ones and, and people that you personally know that people were killed in, in battles. And, and, and let's be grateful now. Let's just take a moment to do that. name of Jesus. Amen? Amen and amen and amen. Well, it's a great day. It is a great and powerful day. We're in a series we're ending today uh, entitled Walking in the Power of His Name. All year long we've been talking about the name of Jesus and understanding the greatness of His name and what's been invested in His name and that that name has been given to you and I and that that we have, we have to realize more and more every day how blessed that we are to live in this life, not on our own, not trying to figure things out, but in the power of the name of Jesus, in the authority of the name of Jesus. We are able to live and exist and operate in this life. We don't have to be like we're strangers, even though we're strangers in this land because our ultimate land and home is heaven and in the presence of God. We can live in that place because heaven was brought to earth through Jesus Christ. We can live in that place, heaven on earth, as we live in the power and the strength of his word and of his spirit. As the spirit of God reveals the word to us on a day-to-day basis, it empowers us to live in a realm that you cannot live in in the natural you cannot live in a supernatural realm by having natural thinking dictate and rule your life. It just doesn't work. 
But you know what? I think everybody, most everybody sitting here today, you realize that? And so we're on journeys for the rest of our time on this planet. We're on journeys to understand what that is, what it looks like, and to be greater doers of the word that we have. Amen? So we're talking about walking in the power of his name. Last week we talked about walking in his goodness. And I, and I want to finish this series um, focusing on how good God is and then adding a few other things in relation to that. Um, last week we read out of Psalm 100 and verse 5. I want to read that again. Just look at it. And the point or the, or the piece that, of that short verse, it's a short chapter and a short verse, and the point I want to look at is the first five words of the fifth verse. Let's read it together. Ready, read. For the Lord is good. Is it up there? Yeah. For the Lord is good. Everybody say it with me. Ready, read. For the Lord is good. <clears throat> For the Lord is good. Is he not? The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's not good sometimes and bad other times. The Lord is good. He's just good. God is just good. I mean, all the way across the board, my God is good. And I, I realize that today, 40 years into walking in the things of God, I realize today He's so good, it, it, it's beyond my, my thinking. It goes beyond my natural thinking how good God is. Bad things happen, but God remains good. Mm, mm, mm. Say it again. God is good. Say it with me. Ready? Say it. God is good. Amen? Wow. God is good. He's good. <clears throat> I defined good last week, and I want to read several words. I defined good as God. God is good. And good is defined as d different words that, that are synonyms of, of, of the word good. Pleasant. Uh, excellent. Rich. Well, happy, right, and kind. God is all of those things. Amen? Um, the word evil, which is the reciprocal of good, the word evil equals the devil. And the two words that jump out as, as synonyms of, of evil are wicked and bad. So today, again... We're talking about good and bad. Good God, bad devil. Amen? That's pretty elementary, right? Uh, some of you school teachers could teach that to your children even in elementary school. Amen? Good God, bad devil. So how many believe that today? Okay, so I'm going to find out in a greater way how much you really believe that based on what the Word says, just encouraging you how important it is to understand that we've got to see God as good and not let bad or bad issues or circumstances in our life or in our past try to dictate our future because God is good. And He wants your future to be filled with good things. Amen? Because He's a good God. He doesn't do bad. He's never done bad. Ever. Bad's not in his character. It's not in his makeup. Only good. Matthew 7. <clears throat> and 
And we'll look at some things that talk, some scriptures in the gospel here, um, the gospels that talk about us and how we were created. And Jesus uses this in several passages that we're going to look at here in the gospels. He uses it regarding trees. And so in Matthew 7 and verse 17 it says, well, look at verse 15. We'll just read it from verse 15 down. Verse 15 of uh, Matthew 7. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're raving, ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The answer to that is no. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Good tree bad tree. Good tree does what? Bears good fruit. Bad tree does what? Bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Now, did God create bad trees in the garden? Now, do we have bad trees? Honest question, just say, I'm not asking necessarily for an answer. I'm just saying, just think about it for a minute. Think about it. Okay, God created everything good so there were no bad trees in the garden. But are there bad trees? But God didn't create bad trees. But there are bad trees. So what else did God create in those first seven days? You and me, right? Did he make some of us bad and some of us good? No. So everybody say, I'm good. <laughs> now say it with some attitude. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Right? So God didn't create bad, so you're good. So so. In this passage, he's comparing us to trees, good and bad. So, is he talking about... See, you, we can sit here right now, and some of us can think, if, if, if I hadn't explained that, some of us can think, well, you know, because of what I did, I'm, I'm a bad tree. There are no bad trees in the garden. And listen to me. God... <laughs> is still operating like we're in the garden. He always has. See, because in the garden, he created and it was what? Day one, it was good. Day two, it was good. Actually, it doesn't say on day two it was good, but it was good. Day three, it was good. Day four, it was good. Day five, it was good. Day six, it was good. He created us and, and, and the cattle and different things, and he said it was good, right? So he, he's operating like it's back there because he never changed anything. Man changed it, but God never changed. Everybody say, God is the same. He's the same always, yesterday and today and forever, but men change, things change, people do crazy things, and they, they cross-pollinate all kinds of stuff, and there's some bad trees. Right? But God is good. 
and he's never made anything bad. And if he made you, which he did, you can argue about it to the end, but he made you in the garden because we were all created before the foundation of the world. He had a plan for you. So when he created man, then it was already set up for you to be manifested and created. And he had that plan for you before you, would, before you were, before even the foundation of the world, and that plan for you was good. It was all good. Amen? Everything was good. And everything is good today. We live in a good land. America is a good land. We live in a great nation, and it's a good place because God created everything good. And we serve a good God because everything about him is good. He's pleasant. He's excellent. He's rich. He's prosperous. He's well. He's happy. He's right always, and he's very kind. Kindness of God. Leads a man to repentance. How great and how kind and how good God is. Amen? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree, can, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits... You will know them. By people's fruits, you, were no, you will know them. You say, yeah, but Pastor, right there it says that you'll know whether they're good or bad trees by their fruit. Okay. So let's go to, to John 15. <clears throat> John 15. It's amazing how the Word answers everything. Everybody say, I'm good. I'm good. Say, I'm a good tree. Yeah, because God created you good. John 15 and verse 1, and we're going to read this first uh, out of the message. Can you flip that over to the message for me? <clears throat> John 15, 1 in the message. So Jesus is telling his disciples this. He said, I'm the real vine or the real tree. My father is the vine dresser or, or whatever. What, what was? Go back to that. What did it say he was? Uh, he's the farmer, okay? He's the one taking care of all this. But Jesus said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the real tree, okay? Verse 2. <clears throat> he cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. Now watch this verse. You are already pruned, so... So, what did he say about the branches? He's the vine, he's the tree, he's the trunk, we're the branches. And he said, even if you're bearing good fruit, you're pruned so you can bear more fruit. Amen. Right? So watch. You are already pruned back, so that means you're already good. Why? Because of the message I've spoken. Because of the word of God that is spoken. Now no, watch this. If somebody murders another human being, is that good? I mean, we were all born at night, but not last night. We understand this, right? Somebody that murders, it's a bad thing. But is the person bad? Now watch. 
the person isn't bad from creation. The person is bad because they're not washed with the Word. I've been in a lot of prison cells. I've been and ministered to a lot of guys in prison and to a, a few guys on death row. And then I've heard of a lot of other people that have ministered in prisons. And one man that I got to know a little bit that has ministered to, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people on death row through the years, told me that he didn't find one person on death row that had a relationship with God. After somebody like him got to him, they developed, but not one of them committed those acts had a relationship with God. Not one. And not one of the men on death row, not one of them, had a relationship with their earthly father. Not one of them. None. Zero. See, there are things that God created us to have and to be a part of our life that make the good that's in us come out. He said here, you're already pruned. In other words, you're good. And you're good now because you're hearing things that are changing the way you think. That's what makes us bear the good fruit. When the Word of God prunes us, it develops us and causes our lives to produce. See, but every human being on planet earth, I don't care what group they're a part of, I don't care what nationality, I don't care what the color of their skin is, none of that matters to God. There's two races of people on the earth, saved and unsaved. And the unsaved were created to be saved, to know how great God is, and know how good that they were created to be. What's missing in their life is the message. That's why we have this place. In our, in our three or four minute prayer this morning, Vanessa brought the, the word, the comment to challenge us before service today. And the word was this. The encouragement was, we're all part of something that's bigger than us. That was the encouraging word. And I'm telling you, that encouraged me. I'm a part of something that's bigger than I am. I need to be, you need to be a part of something that's bigger than you, that's bringing a message so that people can live their lives pruned and they can begin to demonstrate the goodness from their life that God created them to live in and be before the foundation of the world. Say, God is good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You are really good. Uh, verse 4. <clears throat> Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. Remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples, but Jesus is talking to us. You're a disciple of Christ. If you're born again and you're, you have a, a desire to know the things of God, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. So he's talking to you. He's saying this to you. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, to the tree, to the trunk. You can't bear fruit 
unless you are joined with me. And yet, we were all created to bear good fruit. Notice, it wasn't just fruit, it was good fruit. And we're all created to bear good fruit, but you can't do that if you're not joined with him. And the only way you can be joined with him is through the word, because the way you and I walk in the power of his name is by walking in his word, because Revelation says his name is the word of God. His name is the word of God. The word that was being spoken to those disciples was causing them to be pruned, to bear, to prune, to bear, to prune, to bear. That's the journey and the process for the rest of your life. You don't like pruning, you're in the wrong kingdom. Man, I just just got through, still got a bunch more to do. I got through pruning some trees in my backyard. And I don't know, when I was through pruning them, (laughs) I just kind of stood back there and looked at them. Man, they look good. Man, those trees look good. But in another six months, you know what? They're going to they're, they're be grown out again. And, and the more I prune, the more I want to prune. Because I like the way it looks when it's pruned because, you know, and, 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 and certain kinds of trees and you shape them up to look a certain way. And I really like that. And I don't like it when it's, you know, it's got... It's got live branches, but they're all just kind of scraggly everywhere. It just doesn't look good. God's in the business to make you look good, and to make you look good, you have to be pruned. Amen? Prune to bear fruit, to prune to bear fruit, to prune to bear fruit. Right? And the only way to do that is to be joined at the hip with him. Verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branch. I'm the tree, you're the branches of the tree, so that makes you, the tree that you are, is good. Because he's good. So I'm good, right? When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Connected, you're sure to be abundant. Everybody say, I'm abundant. Say, I'm living in abundance. Why? Because, because that's who good is. See, God is good, and good is abundant. So, apart from Him, you can do nothing, but when you're connected at the hip with Him, through His Word, you're assured abundance. I'm telling you today, I don't care what anything looks like in your life. You stay with God in His Word, and you stay faithful. And what I'm fixing to share with you in another verse is the key to it. You stay faithful to Him. You, are, you have the assurance of abundance in your life. I'm not just talking about monetarily. I'm talking about in every way. You have the assurance of abundance. Why? Because God is good. Only. Only. See, we've been so programmed in this country, in this country. I don't know about other countries. I can talk about here. We've been so programmed in this country to focus on bad from the news every night to the news every morning to the news at noonday to the news in between days to the news on cable that is everywhere and all the time. We have been so programmed to meditate on the bad that what happens is we meditate on the bad things we've done. 
And the more you do that, I told you this the other day, you got to get up every morning, and before your feet touch the ground, you got to forgive yourself for yesterday. You know what? Father, my forgiveness is in you. I acted like a something yesterday, and I shouldn't have done that. I know it. I repent to you today, but Lord, I forgive myself. Because see, if you don't, you're going to carry that like a ball and chain throughout the day. It'll, it, it'll be carried out, and somewhere you're going to do it again to reinforce the fact that you're bad. Because the devil wants to keep reinforcing that you're bad, you're evil, you're wicked. See, you're part of that, that, that uh, foliage that's bad. See, and, and you're that, you're that wicked-looking, scraggly-looking branch that has no fruit on it. And, it's a, and the first wind that comes is going to tear it down and it's going to fall off the tree. And that's you. That's not you. See, that'll be you if you're separated from him. But that's not what you were created to be. You were created to be a fruit-bearing branch that when you're pruned, you, you're pruned on the heels of bearing fruit. Not falling off the tree with the first wind. But you stay separated from God and his word. And that's who you are, not by his design. By your and my choice. Verse 7, uh, 6, 7, 6. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood. That, that, that was a better... That's a better definition of what I was trying to say. Uh, you know, the dead wood branch. <laughs> I mean, just a little wind blows through, and, and all of a sudden that branch falls off. See, little, little storm, little stirred up, and all of a sudden you just fall off. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown into the bonfire. Verse 7. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask, and in another translation says, whatever you ask in my name, will be listened to and acted upon. Verse 8. This is how my Father shows who He is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. That's all that is. It's not perfection. It's maturity. We're growing up. We're becoming who God created us to be, who did he create you to be. Good. Say it again. I'm good. Amen. We're good. <clears throat> Matthew 12. And here lies the key. Matthew 12. And verse 33. So here's the challenge. Um, this is in the New King James. Verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. You broad of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now watch this. Verse 35 through 37 is the key to staying connected at the hip with Jesus so that you will be assured of abundance. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say, 
that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Verse 35, he says, good man, bad man. Right? Verse 35 talks about good man, bad man. But verse 36 starts out with the word but. So good man, bad man is only the result of what you choose to do. And he said here, by your words are you justified, and by your words are you condemned. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of what we say. If I'm a doer, a speaker, and a doer of God's word, what it's doing for me is keeping me connected to him. He told those disciples, he said, but listen, you're already pruned. You're already clean. You're already good because you're connected to me. Because you are following me, you've made a sacrifice to follow me, to hear me, to hear what I have to say. And what I'm saying is cleansing you. And in the same time, at the right time, it's pruning you. To do what? To bear fruit in your life. To be able to get over the obstacles and the difficulties that life throws out there. We don't have to live in the bad. But it's our choice. And he said, the key to it is, what you say. You cannot allow yourself, and and the list goes on, to talk bad about people and think that you can stay connected to God because God never says a bad thing about anybody. You can't live your life talking about the negative, a situation that you have in your life. Let's say Let's say you don't feel well and you're talking about being sick all the time. You're telling everybody you're around about being sick. When the Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. Just changing what you say doesn't mean that by tomorrow afternoon your body will be well. What you're changing is the way you see yourself. See, to see yourself sick is to see yourself bad. Well, that that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But it's true. Because sickness is bad, health and healing is good. God doesn't want us sick. If you're in a difficult time financially and things don't look right and it looks like it's impossible and there's no way out, no word from God will ever fail. No matter where you're at today, God will lead you to the place of being delivered and set free of whatever situation that you are in. But you cannot talk the problem and continue to talk and focus on what's not working. You've got to focus on the things of God. And he said, by your words are you justified, and by your words are you condemned. By your words do you walk in liberty and freedom, and by your words do you walk oppressed and under the pressure and the power of the bad devil. Because he's out there. He's defeated, but he's out there, and he's working, trying to control our lives through the things that we think. And if he can get you agreeing with him by the words of your mouth, then he has control of what goes on in your life. I say, absolutely not. How many agree with me today? Absolutely not. What I say every day determines the outcome of my future. And you have to get a hold of that. If you don't, If you don't get a grip of that, then what happens is, not by design, okay, but by default, you over time disconnect from your connection with God. If you're born again, you're connected. 
But on a day-to-day basis, I'm not talking about not being saved. I'm talking about not walking in the victory and the dominion and the power that we have in his name on a day-to-day basis. We disconnect from that because what we meditate on and think about are the things that come out of our mouth. But daily, if I'm declaring that the greater one lives inside of me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm born of God and I have world overcoming faith residing on the inside of me and on and on and on and on. When those kinds of things are coming out of my mouth, I'm hearing myself say that instead of me talking the problem about issues that are going on. God wants you set free of that because He wants you to operate and live in the good fruit that He created for your life And he doesn't want you to be convinced when things don't look like they're working. He doesn't want you to be convinced that this isn't working and it won't work in the future. I promise you it'll work every single time because God cannot lie. And if he's made the promise, it will come through. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 37 and verse 27. Here's the choice. Simple little verse. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. The Amplified says it like this. Depart from evil and do good and you will dwell forever securely. Depart from evil from bad, right? And do what's right. And I'll just tell you right now. One of the reasons that it's difficult for people to make this change is because most of us sitting in here today, we work full-time jobs, right? Well, who's got time to do all that? Because I'm telling you right now, it is a second, not part-time job, it's a full-time job. That little bitty verse right here, everybody say depart. (laughs) So walk away from evil by being consistently doing good and working that out and working out what is evil, what's bad, what's not right, and making the changes on a day-to-day basis. But at the same time, where it starts is with what Matthew 12 said in changing what you say. You can't talk negatively, talk bad about people, and hate everything in the world and the government and the IRS and everybody else, and expect for good things to come and manifest in your life. You just can't. And you've got to work that out. You've got to see for yourself how serious what I'm saying is. See, and listen to me. It's the, it's the, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but it's not difficult. I don't know if that goes or not, but that's what came out of my spirit. It's not easy to do, but it's not difficult to do. 
and it'll change everything about your whole dynamic. And listen, I, I, you know, you've heard me talk about confession and what we say and those kind of things in this body for years. But I'm telling you today, we got to get a grip on this even more because of the, how intense that this world is to rob us of seeing that God created us good. Say it again. I'm good. Say it. I'm good. Say it. Come on like you mean it. I am good. God never made bad. We're good. God's good, but I'm good. Can you say amen? So the decision has to be made. So I'm going to just read this verse. I I don't think we have this translation up there. You can put it up if we do, but I don't think we do. Um, This is uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Um, in the New Living Translation. You can pull that up if you've got it on your Bible app or whatever. Um, But it says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted do not be attracted by strange and new ideas for your strength comes from God's grace. Do not allow yourself to be distracted or pulled away by some new way of thinking. Listen to me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When this Bible was written, was a specific day, but he's the same today as he was when it was written. By your words are you justified, by your words are you condemned. Life and death are in the power of what you say. Life and death is not in the power of God once it gets to this place in our life. See, because God created life for you. See, the choice is not with God. The choice is with you. He created you for life. He created you good. He created all, everything that his word says is for you. See, but when it says life and death are in the power of the tongue, it didn't say life and death are in the power of God. See, the power of life for you is from God, but then it takes your choice to choose how it's going to come. And it's going to come by what you say. Life and death are in the power of what you say. He said it. We choose, according to the Psalm verse, Psalm 37 verse, we choose to depart from evil and do good through the power that comes to us, the revelation that comes to us, based on what we say every day on a day-to-day basis. And if I'm talking death and destruction, if I'm moved by what everybody else on the planet is doing, if I'm mad and upset, if I'm talking to my spouse and talking bad about all kinds, see, well, well, you know, at least I don't talk to everybody else, but I come home and... And that's God? I mean, yeah, there's times we have to have discussion about specific things. But you better work it out in yourself. And you better watch every little thing that you say out of your mouth because if you don't and you think you can be flippant with it, what happens? You start separating from the hip. See, he joined us at the hip before the foundation of the world, but you separate not by his design, by your choice. I'm going to say it again. Not by design, by choice. We separate. We become that nasty-looking branch. Actually, there's one of those branches in my front yard. 
I drove in last night at 1 o'clock in the morning, and, I'd, and, and the light shone on that nasty branch in the, my front yard. And I hate when those branches are in my front yard. So what am I going to do? I'm going to burn that thing. <laughs> so I don't want to be one of those guys that just falls off when some, you know, somebody goes boo and I, and I get upset and I just fall off. And I just separate. Something that happens and I don't like it. I don't want to submit. I don't want to have to do what's right, you know. Uh, you, you ever been in, in the parking lot at Walmart? H-E-B, it's not so bad, but at Walmart, you ever been in the parking lot? And, there's, and you, you, come, you, you, you parked your car, and you come out, and there's 17 baskets around your car. And you're going, what the heck? Where do these come from, you know? And here's one, the wind's blowing, and here comes one, it's backing in, it's going to hit the side of your car, you know, and you, you dive to save it. And you're thinking, this isn't fair, you know? And you have a basket, and you want to just roll it over here too, and God makes you go and roll it where you're supposed to. Because see, the sign says, please return carts to these areas. Every time you don't, well, I'm in a hurry. Whatever. You, you talk, talk to God. Talk to God. Huh? See, all you're doing is rebellion. See, you're rebelling against that. Oh, pastor. Yeah, but see, if you'll rebel about a shopping cart, where will you rebel in other things? Okay, anyway, amen? <clears throat> so Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, so do not be attracted by strange new ideas because he's the same. He's not, he's not gonna, you know, okay, now, you know, you, you, uh, back in the 50s, you got free this way, and now uh, in, in this day and time, you, that didn't work that way. It worked, no, he's the same. By your words, are you justified? By your words, are you condemned? You don't change what you say. You'll never change your life, and you'll disconnect and be that branch like in my front yard. I don't want to be it. I refuse to be that branch in the front yard, being thrown into the fire and producing absolutely nothing, and by my choice, becoming one of those bad trees that produce bad fruit. Everybody say, I'm good. Okay, last verse. Acts 3, and we'll end with this. So, based on that last verse of Scripture, we walk in the power of His name only by the grace of God. But for the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, somewhere in there says, but for the grace of God, I am what I am, Paul said. I'm telling you today, but for the grace of God, you and I are what we are. We can say we're good because of the grace of God. We can expect to bear good fruit because of the grace of God, but we have to do our part. And our part is staying connected to the Word so that from the Word, the power that's in the name of Jesus produces the fruit. Everything I pray, anything and everything I pray, at the end of my prayer, I declare in the name of Jesus. He said, ask anything in my name and the Father will give it to you. 
What is that anything? Anything that's his will? If it's his will and you know it and you've done your part and you're declaring that and you're thanking God daily and you're confessing over yourself what God says about you on a day-to-day basis, you're on the receiving end of all that God has, then you're that good fruit, you're that good tree bearing the good fruit. And I'm telling you, even if it doesn't look like you're bearing it today, it will come to pass because he's always the same and he's always producing and he'll always do for you because he created you good and he created you for good things. That's just a good God. Man, how great is our God. Acts 3 and verse 1. And actually, I'm not going to read all this, but I just wanted, it's the part that we started this out in back in, in December if you haven't listened to any of the messages uh, that we have, you can go to our website and you can listen to anything that we've preached for years, but especially since the December 1st that we preached on the name of Jesus. So you can download those. Those are free, and you can listen to any of, the, any of those messages. But we started by talking about this right here. And when Peter and John, verse 1, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, a certain man was lame from his mother's womb and was carried and whom they lay daily at the, at the, uh, lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he's telling this man that had been lame from his mother's womb, said, uh, Peter says, he, he and John are standing there, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive alms, money from him. Peter said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. In the name of Jesus. He said, he, notice what he said. He, you know, it wasn't that they didn't have money. Money wasn't what this man needed. That's what he'd been sitting there all these years for since his mother's womb, and nothing had happened. That's not what you need. What you need is what I have. So what we do for other people has to be what we already have. And the only way you're going to have and be bearing fruit to be able to give to people this good fruit for them to taste of and see how good God is, is if you're connected to him by the word. See, that's what Jesus was saying to the disciples. And here, here he goes on to say, he t- uh, Peter took him by the right hand, he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping, uh, leaping up, stood and walked, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. <clears throat> but the pe- so the people were starting to focus on Peter and John and worship them and all this kind of stuff. But verse 16, and this is my last point. Verse 16, this is what he said. As he's explaining to them, it's not us, it's this. And his name. And his name. And his name. It's the name of Jesus, but he said, through faith in his name. Listen. I was was standing in the Garden of Gethsemane about three weeks ago, four weeks, whenever it was. And I was thinking about him making the choice to receive me. And in that garden, he made that choice. And once he made the choice and he finished it and he died on the cross, he rose, he he was on the earth for a period of time and then he ascended upon high. He sat down at the right hand of the Father and he said, it's finished. 
And in that moment that he said it was finished, the name had all the power and the strength to ever do anything it would ever do. The name was all, everything was invested. Every healing, every deliverance, any, I don't care what it is that's bad, he delivered us from it right then. Amen? So the name, there's no question about. But do you and I have faith in the name? Because Peter said this. And you know why Peter said this? Because there are some days when he didn't have faith. He's in the boat. Jesus said, come and come. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. He said, it's me. What does that mean? Come. And he walked. And then he sank. But he walked. Anybody ever tried to walk out on swimming pool water? When it's frozen, yeah. <clears throat> but anybody try to walk out on swimming pool water, believing to walk? No, he walked because Jesus said, it's me. And he walked, but then he got moved by the storm and he sank. He started sinking and Jesus pulled him up. See, he, he, he knows what it means to have faith and what not to have faith about. When he denied Jesus three times, when he turned his back on the one that he was willing to go to war and battle with, cut the ear of a soldier off, you know, to stand up and fight for him, and then literally almost in the next breath, he denies him three times. He knows what it's like. So you know what? I'm telling you today, the name has it all, but that's not enough for you in my life. We gotta stay connected at the hip with him through the word. We have to be doers of the word by what we say on a daily basis. And we have to learn how to appropriate the word by the person of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a full-time job. You, the, the, this is not a part-time thing. It's not just coming here. I'm, I'm delivering a word today that will liberate your life if you do something with this word. If you do nothing with it, you know what can happen with this word today? You can leave here today and you can start thinking, that's eh, a bunch of bull. You know, pastor said that, but that's, that's not for everybody, and that's not this. And that. You, all of a sudden, you start reasoning your way. That's what the devil wants you to do. But if you embrace this word and you do something with it, I didn't preach it perfectly. There's other people that could probably preach what I just said to you better than I could preach it. But none of them, none of them believe it as much as I believe it in my heart and what I'm delivering. And if you do something with it, it'll change you. It'll liberate you. Any word that you hear that's producing faith in your life. Because he said, it's not just the name, but it's faith in the name. To walk in the power of his name, we have to walk by faith and confidence that God is who he says. And it all starts day to day in the things that come out of your mouth. So just put a, a watch and a guard over your mouth. Be aware of it. Let the Holy Spirit convict you about things. You know what? I shouldn't have said that. Lord, I repent and I make the changes right now. Lord, I... I, I've, I've just haphazardly made that stupid comment and I ask you to forgive me for it. I tell you what, man, it keeps you connected to the one who is the fruit. Hmm? And it'll cause you to bear great fruit. Can you say amen?